0: This is Gulf Coast Live Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. Today we're being treated to some amazing blues music being performed live in studio by the incomparable Anthony Big A Sherrod. Sherrod is a guitarist, bass player, vocalist, and lifelong musician whose blues music education began as as just a little boy studying under the tutelage of blues legend Mr. Johnny Billington through an after-school program at the Delta Blues Museum in Clarksdale, Mississippi, widely considered the birthplace of the blues. Big A has performed with tons of blues legends, including Big Jack Johnson and the multi-Grammy award-winning Buddy Guy. He's performed at venues and festivals all over the world, including regular performances with his all-star band at iconic venues in Clarksdale like Reds and Sarah's Kitchen. His recordings include Red's Juke Joint Sessions and his 2016 album, Right on Time. He also continues the tradition of music education by teaching students at the very place where his own formal music education began, the Delta Blues Museum in Clarksdale. Anthony Sherrod, welcome to Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. I'm glad to be here. And we're also joined in studio by perhaps the 21st century's most hardworking advocate and events organizer for Delta Blues. Blues music that the genre can ask for his name is Roger Stoley to the confusion and consternation of many people in his life more than two decades ago Roger walked away from a lucrative jet-setting career in the corporate marketing industry to follow his passion he moved to Clarksdale with a mission to quote organize and promote the blues from within he opened Mississippi's blues store called Cathead Delta Blues and Folk Art. He co founded several festivals, including the Juke Joint Festival, the Clarksdale Caravan Music Fest, Clarksdale Film Fest, and the Cathead Mini Blues Fest. Roger has also authored books on the subject, including Hidden History of Mississippi Blues which tells the history of Mississippi blues and the musicians who have kept it alive, as well as Mississippi Juke Joint Confidential, House Parties, Hustlers, and the blues life. He also writes for Blues Music Magazine, among other publications, and is a contributing editor to Delta Magazine. He's co-produced award-winning films, including Hard Times, M for Mississippi, and we juke it up here. His civic service also includes serving as president of the Clarksdale-Cahoma County Tourism Commission, and his efforts have garnered awards and accolades from the Blues Foundation, the Sunflower River Blues Association, and the Clarksdale Chamber of Commerce, among others. Roger Stoley, welcome to Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. Well, thank you so much. We're excited to be here. And to engage with us and your fellow listeners about this conversation or any of our shows, find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. On X, formerly Twitter, we're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So I'd love to start things off with some music. Anthony, before you begin, uh, can you tell us what the title of the first song is you're going to play for us and and maybe say a little about it by way of introduction?
1: Well, I'm going to do this legendary uh, Robert Johnson song, uh, Care-hearted Woman. Goes like this.
2: I got a care-hearted woman She studies evil all the time I got a kind-hearted woman She's done as evil all the time Where would would you do to quit me, baby did have it all in this world for me. Yes, I got a kind of hard woman, people. She'd do anything in this world for me. Bob Johnson had one problem, he said, But these little girls, just wanted me be <laughs> about a blue band He said something like this here. He said, well, I see what makes a man dream All the time Every time you call me Oh, so-and-so-and-so name I understand, it's all right Well, you see, it be that way sometime Whatever you do to quit me now, baby Oh, then to have it all on your mind
0: Awesome! That was Delta Blues guitarist and vocalist Anthony Big A Sherrod performing Robert Johnson's Kind-Hearted Woman. His visit to the WGCU studios comes in connection to a Big A and the All-Stars concert here on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University. Stay tuned for more music performed live in studio throughout today's episode. Um, Anthony, I'd love to hear about your early musical upbringing. Uh, I understand even before you you started your your formal training, uh, your father was a gospel singer. Yes, sir. Um, would you maybe consider that kind of an early introduction into the blues? I know they're not the same musical genre, but they're so inextricably bound together.
1: Well, kind of. But he, m- my dad always said uh, he used to play gospel music or devil music. He called it the blues music oh, devil okay. music.
0: <laughs>
2: you know,
1: so he he had told me to choose one, but I still was playing both gospel and and blues. So finally, I got. I turned by the age of 17 so he got the more understanding about what i was doing to stay out of his pocket to have my own money on this way you know besides i was working too as well anyway at drum Heller, bad company back then and um you know and i started young at well he gave me my first real lead guitar at the age of two he put it in my lap because he got tired of me Grabbing mops and brooms like I was playing, running around the house, you know, <laughs> while they were rehearsing and stuff. So, yeah, here I am.
0: And, and tell me about um, how you first came to to study um, under Mr. Johnny Billington, and that was through a program at the Delta Blues Museum.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the Delta Blues Museum. But before then, uh, my cousin Ada Dabs, he was already playing drums with Mr. Johnny, and before that time, his dad. And his uncle was playing drums and, and guitar with Mr. Johnny back in the days, way before my time. So my cousin got me off involved. One day I was getting out of school. I was going home for the cleanup before Mama got home. I never made it home. So I, I ended up getting a whipping, and he ended up getting a whipping because we, we, we ended up going back over to Miss Johnny's house on, on his porch, and we got started on Ms. Johnny's front porch and learning B.B. King every day I had the blues.
0: What was it like studying under uh, Johnny Bellington? Was he easygoing, more of a taskmaster?
1: Oh, yeah, easygoing. He was um, diehard because he wanted you to learn if you really wanted to do it. You know, so he stayed on us every day after school, after school. Then he come to our school and check on us about our schoolwork, make sure our schoolwork is up to date and stuff like that. If, If we was behind or failing, we couldn't play. Ah. He didn't. He didn't want to deal with us, you know, because he always says school. School work come first. Education, education come first. This music will be, always be here. It, it ain't going nowhere. So, mm.
0: would you consider that part of the life lessons aspect of being under his tutelage?
1: Oh yeah, very appreciated. And he was like a, a dad, godfather too. So you know, I thank him for that. Rest in peace.
0: Yeah, he passed away in 2013. Uh, During your time together, did you experience your relationship kind of evolve from mentor mentee to more of a a colleague?
1: Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. You know, and uh, well, he taught us more than music. He taught us just cut grass, do a little mechanic work and stuff like that, and, you know, just survive. He taught us all the basics, all the basics. And uh, so finally, I, I turned 16. And we formed our own band, Big Eight All Stars, at Sarah's Kitchen back in then. Yeah.
0: Well, in Sarah's Kitchen, okay. Mm-hmm. And is that a venue you, you yeah. still perform at regularly in Clarkston? That
1: old juke joint is gone now, but but oh. name still the name still is up high. So,
0: yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Roger, I wanted to switch to you for a minute here. And I'd kind of alluded to this in my introduction. Your move to Clarksdale was a little bit unusual. And and, and I'll encourage folks to check out your your more long form conversation with my colleague, Mike Canary on our podcast, Three Song Stories. But just tell us a little bit about that story and what drove you to pick up and walk away from the life you had built and kind of start over?
3: Sure. So I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, went to school in Cincinnati, went back to Dayton and stumbled into advertising just by happenstance. Started as a copywriter, worked my way up. Um, By February 1995, I got recruited for a management position in St. Louis, Missouri. So, you know, I was a blues fan from way back already so I moved to St. Louis, which at that time was very much still tied to the great migration of musicians out of Mississippi in the South. So you had guys like Big George Brock, who was more or less from Clarksdale, living in St. Louis. So there are connections. But basically, I suddenly, the light went on. It was like five hours, you're in Mississippi. So I came down initially to do the Dead Man Blues Tour. I thought it's all gone. I'll just come and see where my heroes came from. And what I found out over the six, six and a half years of visiting down in Clarksdale and the Mississippi Delta is that the art form, the musicians, the culture was very much alive, but it was below the radar. It was not the popular art form, blues music, uh, that it once was within its own communities. And so I kept looking at that and thinking, you know, here it is. I'm in marketing and advertising and promotion, a blues fan, amateur historian, and Maybe I could be the boots on the ground, you know, that could try to pull the scene together, sort of the infrastructure of the blues, the uh, people, places, and things. And so, as you said, I moved there with a mission to help organize and promote the blues from within. When I went to make the move, I went uh, down to Florida and told my, my dad what I was doing. I went back to Ohio, told my mom, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was shocking to everyone because I had a pretty crazy job at that point, you know, flying around the world and. Great health insurance, all the things that come with a real corporate job. And here it is, I'm saying, Yeah, I'm going to move this little town you've never heard of in Mississippi and start a blues store and then start trying to build things. Fortunately, it worked out. So now you're kind of visionary. Uh, In the beginning, you're just kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So it it was really just incredible. And I had seen Anthony, Big A Sherrod here, uh, along with like Lee Williams, the drummer on this trip and others of both their generation and then, of course, the older musicians. But as a blues fan, a tourist coming to Clarksdale, and back then it just wasn't, it wasn't super approachable. You really had to like be in the know to find out when something was happening or where it's happening. What we've tried to do, both unofficially through my efforts when I first got there and now much more officially through Visit Clarksdale Tourism, Is really make it not only approachable and doable, visitable, but get the word out so people know. You know, we are the only town in Mississippi that has live blues 365 nights a year, a little town of 17,000 people. We're the only town in Mississippi that has over a dozen annual festivals, you know, all with either blues festivals or blues related. We have, of course, the Delta Blues Museum, which when I used to visit was one little room in the upstairs of a library there in town. Yeah, the Carnegie. Uh, Now it's a big, you know, world famous institution. So we invite folks to go to visitclarksdale.com to learn more about visiting. And you can go to cathead.biz, cathead.biz, which is my store website. You don't have to buy anything. Just go to the music calendar page and you can really see that I'm not just making things up. And we really do have all that live blues. Right. And to see a guy like Big A play at a juke joint like a Reds or a world famous. You know, Morgan Freeman owned Blues Club, like Ground Zero Blues Club, is really just it's mind blowing for those who, you know, mostly grown up in the the age of YouTube and all that.
0: Catheads is your place. I'm curious about what you wanted it to be that maybe, you know, the downtown Clarksdale area didn't have yet because there were these already iconic venues there.
3: Yeah. So Cathead Delta Blues and Folk Art is my store. I put on events there as well. Uh, essentially, on a surface at least, it's the store I always wanted to walk into, but could never find—a mm. blues store, just everything blues, from music and video and books and artwork and T-shirts and whatever to whatever we come up with next, frankly. Um, but it's kind of a base of operations to work out of, and you know, through there, you know, working sort of with the small ad hoc group of Clark Stallions who who got the image of where we were trying to head. We just started festivals, new festivals, started promoting our venues, really working with them to make them reliable so we could really get the word out. And, you know, Juke Joint Festival, J-U-K-E, you can go to jukejointfestival.com, is now our biggest festival. This will be our 21st edition this April, over 100 blues acts. Uh, It'll range from probably about a – who's the youngest musician that you're teaching right now, Anthony? Uh, Seven. So Uh we will range from a seven-year-old performing that weekend – to 97 year old Cadillac John Nolden, Knock on wood, you know. Amazing. Right. Um, yeah. So, really, it's a full <laughs> yes. spectrum.
0: All right. Well, um, Anthony Big A, I'd love to hear our, our second tune today. And again, I'll ask you to tell us a, a little bit about it first.
1: Every day I have the blues, legendary BB King. It's the first song I ever learned how to play on the bass. And uh, we played this song with BB King at his first homecoming that he started having in Illinois. And he played with us. And after that, he wanted to take me with him and Mr. Gentleman was like, no, nah, that's the only bass player I got. BB, nah, I ain't gonna let you get him. Yeah, but every day I had a blues. And these words really make sense in this song, so y'all pay attention.
2: Every day Every day I have the blue Yes, every day Every day I have the blue When you see me worry Is you all I hate to do Well, nobody loves me Nobody seems to care Nobody seems to care. When your world's in trouble, darling, you know I had my share. Every day, every day, every day, every day I. Have My suitcase. Move on down the line. I'm gonna back up my suitcase. Gonna move on down the line. See where I'm going? I don't want nobody to know.
1: See he was talking about his, his old lady or wife or whatever or whatnot, you know, and kids. Probably been his his birth kids or whatever he was talking about. You know, so he was—he was like, "Well, don't nobody love me at home." So I guess I'm going on a little further. You know, so you know, so I believe that's what he did. That's why he ended up in Elinolen. So, yeah. But uh, he was talking about his kid's life, yeah. his life. He wanted to be loved. I guess he wanted to be loved from his music. I guess you know. And so I guess it, as years passed on, more folks started falling in place. What he wanted them to be at. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean you were telling us just before you know you got to perform this with BB King. Yes, sir. You performed with so many legends <laughs> of the genre. Um, I don't know how old you were but I read that you were quite young when you first took the stage with Buddy Guy. Oh, yeah. I mean Oof. eight-time Grammy award winner who's influenced generations of highly regarded guitarists. I mean, that had to be exciting, but scary. Okay. Uh, what do you remember about that experience?
1: It was awesome. Uh, right when I was at the Blues Museum back now, uh, they had the concert, a big concert out there before they opened the Blues Museum up. And it was uh, Coco Taylor was on there, uh, Johnny Mayall, Buddy Guy, and it was JB and the Midnighters, which was Mr. Johnny and us as as kids was was the Midnighters. Mm-hmm. So the band name was JB and the Midnighters. So, so we started the show off, and um, then Buddy Guy and his band got up there. and But before then, uh, Ms. Johnny, he always had told us, he was like, well, I'm going to take y'all here, or I'm going to take y'all there, y'all make sure y'all watch the musicians so y'all can see what can y'all steal from them because right now I'm just showing y'all the basics. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I'm like, why does Mr. Johnny always say that? He say this every day. I'm like... Why he, Why is he saying this? He don't know how long he's going to be here and all that. So, you know, finally I understood what he was saying, you know, so he wanted me to carry the torch on. So yeah. I'm trying to work hard as, as I can with with the good Lord's power to, to give back to kids and even adults. If you want to learn to play the blues, come on. I'll show you.
3: So I was at the show when uh, oh, okay. he got up and played with Buddy Guy. And, of course, he's this young man in a little suit that Mr. Yeah. Johnny made him wear. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we he played, was the only yeah. musician who came out from backstage and really watched Buddy Guy. Yeah, I was like he the, leaned on the stage. Yeah, I was yeah. on the front like that. You so know. he's, like, leaning. And Buddy's playing. He notices him. And maybe he saw you earlier. I don't know. But at some point, middle of the show, Buddy says, you know, you enjoying yourself, young man? And he shook his head. Yeah. It's like, do you play? He shook his head, yeah. Do you want to come up? He shakes his head, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Walks up on stage. Buddy takes off his polka dot Stratocaster, puts it around Anthony. And I believe he was playing a a B.B. King song. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he was trying to tell me what key he was in, but I already know what key he was in. But Anthony just He was playing a shuffle.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful guitar solo. Did not showboat. It was like perfect for the moment took his guitar off and handed it back you know respectfully yeah. um, it was very impressive because a lot of kids just would have gone <laughs> you know <Yeah>. crazy <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. this is my moment yeah. Yeah. awesome experience mm-hmm. man wonderful man. <sighs> it was
1: cool
0: um, another one I, I know you performed as a session musician with Muddy Waters um, through through Chess Records and I, I well first of all where can I find that recording um, and I want to know about that experience too how that all came about
1: I really don't know. I really don't know. I'm just I'm, thank God to be a part of it. Yeah, thank God to be a part of it at all. You know, and wonderful, wonderful experience.
0: And and, and Roger, I, I know your passion. You know, just about the whole scene and really, I mean, not bringing it to life, but amplifying it. For certainly, has also led you to create you know documentary style films. You've written two books on on the history, and uh, I'm curious about why specifically, you wanted to publish those books. Because I'm thinking, like, did you find the history to just sort of be a bit scattered in a way, or maybe coming through, you know, just traditional storytelling? And you're like, this needs to be documented. This all needs to be formally
3: findable for people in future generations. Sure. So it all goes back to my sort of core mission to organize and promote. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with both the documentary films, particularly the kind of In person narrative style that we've done. Uh, And the books, you know, the idea was to document something, but promote what's still something you can see, hear, visit, talk to, you know, particularly the living musicians, and make it very approachable. You know, I love all the books that are very academic and sometimes dry, and people, you know, who are really into it, like me, would read those Mm -hmm. or those kind of documentaries. But to try to reach out and hit more mainstream, bring more people who are sort of blues curious into the loop. And if you can get them, kind of hook them with a book or a movie or a recording and get them to come and see, again, like a big A at a Reds juke joint on a Saturday night at midnight when everybody's just let their hair down. Right. Uh, When Miss May, his last living customer at Reds, is yelling at Anthony and he's yelling back. Playboy, Playboy. You're (laughs) just you're pulled in and you realize that it is not just a music, just a a genre. It's the voice of a culture. And in those kind of experiences, if you can pull them into it, it's like walking into the pages of a history book. It's like an Alan Lomax moment where you're you're a fly on the wall and experiencing something that certainly in my case was not part of my culture growing up or the music I was, you know, first exposed to. So I think anything I work on, a book, a movie, anything, festivals, is to try to make it approachable, try to hook people. And then, you know, if you present it in the real way, I mean, you know, blues is truth. You know, it pulls you in. It's very human. It's not about computers and and marketing slogans and whatever. It's a real thing with real people behind it. So I guess that's what my projects try to do.
0: And and as far as Anthony goes, his his virtuosity, his stage presence, I mean, it sounds like you weren't going to do
3: this without him in it. (laughs) Well, what's incredible about Anthony, so you can stop listening now,
0: is that uh, not only is he this
3: real living cultural connection to this past, these musicians he played with who are gone now, uh, but on top of that you have the musicianship and the artistry. And you know, it's just to get both of those in one place at the same time is increasingly rare, you know, in the sort of homogenized world that we live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Well, um, Anthony, I'm going to ask you to play our our third song for us today.
1: Let me see, which one is it? This is a song I wrote.
2: uh, Well, actually,
1: it's on my album, my latest album, right on time. It goes like this. It might kind of cross over from the blues, but this came from my heart. See, blues is a feeling. It could be happy, sad whatever you want to it, call it, it goes like this.
2: Tried and I tried to understand. I know it's out that is out of my. Now it's up to you to make up your mind. Just tell me the truth, baby. Is I'm wasting my.
1: song, you know, despite of things that I was going through, you know. I got tired of jumping from one lady to the next lady, you know, trying to put my all into it and it just wouldn't work out. Hmm. So I just put it on paper to keep from fussing and arguing and fighting. So it's dead on that, I reckon.
0: Does songwriting tend to have that, that kind of effect for you? Maybe kind of like therapeutic or, or just working stuff out in your head? Yeah, just working stuff out. Yeah. I hold
1: a lot of stuff in, so to keep my hands off people or keep me from doing bad things, I take it out on my guitar.
0: There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's um, why I be telling musicians, you ain't got the organ, you ain't got the fuss, Just go to another room and turn your, turn your hip all the way up. Make them leave the house instead of you. Know? <laughs> there you go. There you <laughs> know, go. know what I mean? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Tip of that. <tap. laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I know your career has taken you all over the world, you know, whether it's you know, Norway or Argentina or just, you know, a venue like Reds and Clarksdale. Is, is there a particular performance or place that just is always going to stick in your mind?
1: All of them. All of them. And it ain't no particular. All of them. Because I, if I wouldn't been doing music, and don't tell them what I would be doing. and yeah. don't tell them where I will be at, would have been at, you know, so... I chose music because Miss Jennings was like, Mr. Jennings Billington. He, he always told us, he was like, well, either music or basketball. Michael Jordan getting paid running behind the ball. Y'all not. So, so, mm-hmm. we, I, so I chose music, you know. So I've been doing it now, what 30, 35 years, going on 36 years.
3: All right. Roger. So before the pandemic, we went to Israel, and he played three shows uh, three days in a row. And what was impressive for me, you know, I've seen Anthony a bazillion times and little venues, big venues here overseas. But those three shows, three days in a row, he played over six hours of music, repeated one song. Because he looked, I think, he looked at that. Those audiences were different. It was families. Then it was Mm -hmm. supper club. Then it was a rock club. And so he was kind of playing to what was happening. Um, And it was really amazing to see, like a human jukebox. Appreciate it, Roger. Appreciate it.
0: So, like a curated (laughs) experience, you're not just up there doing what you do, you're in tune with your audience. And there's no
3: set list. He doesn't play with a set list. Wow.
0: And, Roger, you've talked about a lot of your endeavors over the past few decades, but uh, Crossroads Delta Blues Hour. The radio show, that, that's a newer one. You want to tell us a little about
3: that? Absolutely. So Jazz 88.3 FM in San Diego. Yes, I live in Clarksdale, Mississippi, <laughs> uh, but I do every Saturday a one-hour uh, Crossroads Delta Blues Hour where I play a lot of blues music, mostly Mississippi-oriented, um, talk a lot about Clarksdale, Mississippi and the Mississippi Delta, uh, tell the stories that I can repeat anyway of uh, late nights at juke joints and house parties. And lots of interesting stuff like that. Also play, uh, you know, some obscure tracks, uh, things that Big A might be on, for example. So folks can check that out online at jazz88.org.
0: Well, that is about all the time we have for today's show, but I, I do want to thank my guests. We've been speaking with and treated to some great music performed live in studio by blues guitarist and vocalist Anthony Big A Sherrod. He also plays the bass, but not today, so I didn't mention that earlier. And drums, <laughs> Also too. keyboards I and drums. drums yeah. All of it. <laughs> And we've also been speaking with a Delta Blues documentarian, organizer, and advocate, Roger Stolle, who owns Cathead, Delta Blues, and Folk Art in Clarksdale, Mississippi. They came to Southwest Florida for a Big A in the All-Stars concert here at Florida Gulf Coast University. And that was through FGCU's College of Arts and Sciences, the Bauer School of Music, and the Honors College. Anthony, Roger, thanks so much for taking the time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Thank so, you. Much. you so much. We enjoyed it.
3: Also, thanks to Clay Motley for bringing us. Right, right. Really appreciate Thank
0: it. you, Clay. And hoping Anthony will just take us out with one last song, if you
1: want. What would. you say? <laughs> Be careful who y'all call your friends. I wrote this song as well. It's coming out. Be looking for it.
2: Everybody ain't your friend now because they hang around you. Yes, everybody ain't your friend. Because they hang around you, well, see, they laugh in your face, doesn't mean they're for you. Because they say they ain't got your back, doesn't mean they won't stab you in it. Y'all better hear me now. Because they say they ain't got your back, doesn't mean they won't stab you in it. What you talking about, Big A? See people tend so well. Jealousy sometimes don't live for it. <laughs> That's why I said everybody ain't your friend because they hang around you. Ah uh, yeah. Everybody ain't your friend no because they hang around you. See they laugh in your face doesn't mean they'll fuck you.
1: ain't your friend.